In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. Our celebration of Easter continues to roll on, as this weekend we begin with a passage from the fifth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. In the chapter before this one, the Jewish authorities banned the apostles from speaking and teaching about Jesus. Clearly, they didn't obey that command, because as they're brought in to stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest says, We gave you strict orders to stop teaching in that name. In response, Peter famously says, We must obey God rather than men. This quote would likely have been familiar to the average hearer at the time. It would have reminded them of the Greek philosopher Socrates, who said something very similar a few centuries earlier. Men of Athens, I honor and love you, but I shall obey God rather than you, and while I have life and strength, I shall never cease from the practice and teaching of philosophy. This quote from Plato's Apology was very famous, and even generations after Socrates, the common man of the time would have known it. Sort of like how everyone can identify, I have a dream, with a speech by Martin Luther King Jr. Now the first reading at Mass omits one important detail about the Apostles' appearance before the Sanhedrin. Just prior to when they were dismissed and ordered again to stop speaking in the name of Jesus, the Apostles were flogged. This was a totally brutal punishment. You must imagine that as the Apostles rejoicingly left the presence of the Sanhedrin, they were badly beaten, bruised, and bloodied. Nonetheless, they rejoice in having been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name of Jesus. As with last weekend, our second reading continues from the book of Revelation. John is beholding all of creation bursting forth with praise and adoration of God and the Lamb who stand at the center of the scene. Everything in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and even in the sea is praising God. All the while, many angels are surrounding the throne. Our translation says John calls these angels countless in number, but more literally, he says that the number of these angels was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. A myriad is Greek for 10,000, but it was also the highest conceivable number in the Greco-Roman world. Therefore, myriads of myriads, or 10,000 of 10,000, was a crazy big symbolic number. Sort of like playing tag on the playground when that snot-nosed classmate of yours would say, no, you're it, infinity times infinity. When it comes to our gospel this weekend, there is a ton to talk about. As you've probably heard before, most people notice that Jesus invites Peter to join him at a charcoal fire sometime after Peter, while warming himself at a charcoal fire, had denied Jesus prior to his passion. Another commonly offered insight into this passage is the fact that two different words for love are used agapao, and phileo. Some draw deeper meaning to the fact that Jesus asks Peter if he loves him, agape love, but Peter can only respond that he loves Jesus, philos love, since agape represents a deeper love than philos. These two different words are used interchangeably throughout John's gospel, however, and he also uses lambs and sheep and feed and ten interchangeably in the same passage especially since no ancient scripture commentator had anything to say about this difference, there's probably nothing substantial behind it. What there is a ton behind, however, is the fact that John tells us the miraculous catch of fish is precisely 153 large fish. Of all the numbers, why 153? Well, there's a bunch of theories, as you can imagine, and for one, St. Augustine discovered that 153 is the sum of numbers 1 through 17. 
Because when you don't have TV or social media, Augustine spent his time figuring these sort of things out, right? Then, since 10 can stand for the Ten Commandments and 7 can stand for the sevenfold Spirit of God, Augustine said this is the meaning behind 153, 1 through 17 summed up together. Meanwhile, St. Jerome references a zoologist of his time who claimed there to be 153 different species of fish on the earth. In this way, that they catch 153 fish shows that, symbolically, they are setting out to catch every type of person on earth as fishers of men. While there's still other theories out there, including one about the five loaves and 12 wicker baskets, also totaling up to 17, the most likely explanation, in my view, is the simplest. Since fishermen had to count up their catch to make sure it was divided accordingly, someone who was there for this huge catch likely seared into his memory the exact number, 153 fish on the nose. Lastly, we're told that when Peter discovers the Lord is waiting for him on the shore, he tucks in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumps into the sea. How does this make any sense? I mean, after all, why would someone tuck in his garment just before jumping into the water and getting it all wet? Well, the answer comes in the verb for tucking in that's used. It's diazonenai, which can mean not only to put on clothes, but also to tuck and tie them up so that you can move about more freely. In fact, at the Last Supper, when Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, we're told that he tucked in diazonenai, his garment, to help him have greater mobility. That's what Peter is doing here. Since he was probably only wearing a sort of fisherman's smock, he ties it up and tucks it in so that it won't come loose as he swims to Jesus on the shore. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this third Sunday of Easter in year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.